Hi, this is Nicholas Tutora, and welcome to Tutora Time. On our show, we discuss the issues that are facing our society, our nation, and the world. Thanks for joining us. Hi, this is Nicholas Tutora, and welcome to another episode of Tutora Time. Today is Monday, January 18th, 2021, and it seems like we're just a couple of days, unfortunately, away from the end of Donald Trump's presidency. We'll see what happens over the next couple of days, but right now, it seems that, well, it doesn't seem, I know for a fact, there is 25,000 armed U.S. troops in Washington, D.C. And D.C. has basically been turned into a, uh, a green zone like we used to have in Iraq around territories and embassies or military headquarters that the Americans held. So it seems. The left is gearing up for war, trying to create the narrative of great danger. In my opinion, it's obscene. There are 25,000, as I said, armed American service men in the Capitol now. So what exactly is Joe Biden afraid of that he needs 25,000 armed guards? I would say that an armed and trained and active duty American soldier would be capable of doing battle against a force five times that size. So I would say that a, 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 an armed soldier could take on five militiamen, even if they were well-organized former U.S. military. So that would mean that if you use those numbers, if you find them valid, that would mean that Joe Biden, somewhere in his mind, is expecting a force of 125,000 armed Trump supporters to come and try to take over his inauguration. Is that really plausible? And if there are 125,000 citizens who arm themselves against your presidency, Maybe your presidency is not that legit. I mean, this is the first time I've ever seen this in my life. Even uh, when you look historically, Lincoln at his second inauguration in the height of the Civil War was able to speak and have an inauguration, not a virtual inauguration, but an actual inauguration in Washington, D.C. But yet now... In 2020, we're to believe that the Capitol is under siege from Trump supporters. It's really absurd, and it shows you the contempt that Joe Biden has for the people of the country. Obviously, he's afraid of the people that he's supposed to govern over. Uh, That doesn't sit well with me. I hope it doesn't sit well with you. It's a very dangerous precedent. So what I want to talk about today in a little more detail is this 
censorship and crackdowns that have been going on uh, of conservative, Trump supporters, Republican points of view on social media. So as we know, social media has, Twitter has banned Donald Trump for life from Twitter, probably Facebook also, which is an incredibly destructive move. I mean, society in society now, Twitter and Facebook, they are the public square. They are the public forum. They're privately owned companies. Yes, blah, blah, blah. They also have protection against being sued by 230 because they, Section 230, because they claim they are not publishers. They are simply like the bulletin board where you're posting things are. It's the free forum for ideas. But once they start censoring certain ideas in favor of others, they are now publishers. And if you're a publisher, you could be sued for false statements. So when they're uh, you know, allowing statements, calling Trump supporters, white supremacists, fascists, Nazis, if they did not have 230 protection, they would be able to be sued on those issues. But right now they have 230 protection, so they cannot be sued. Yet they still act as censors. You know, people talk about inciting violence. Is stripping people of their constitutional rights inciting violence? Does it incite violence when you tell people they no longer have the right of freedom of assembly due to COVID, or they no longer have the right to open their business, or they no longer have the right to say what they want online? People try to give these uh, analogies that uh, it's like, Twitter or Facebook is just like a mom and pop shop that wants to refuse your business. Or they like to trot out the case of the uh, the Christian baker who didn't want to make the cake for the gay wedding cake. The two are in no way comparable, okay? Social media affects millions, hundreds of millions of people, maybe billion people, more n- worldwide. It's not at all the same as somebody not buying a wedding cake in a bakery. That doesn't act, that might have a, a, a legal effect or some kind of nebulous effect on society, but it, it doesn't have any actual effect that people could buy their cake somewhere else or, you know, there's plenty of bakers who, or the, the act of buying a wedding cake does not crack down on civil liberties the way banning people's free speech does. Also, in that case of the baker, the baker did not refuse people's service because of their sexuality. The baker, they bought other items from the bakery. The baker just refused to make a wedding cake because they were a fundamentalist Christian, and in their fundamentalist Christian beliefs, in their biblical beliefs, marriage is between a man and a woman. And they have the right to freedom of religion. Nobody could force somebody to go against their religious beliefs. So there were two constitutional issues going on here. The rights of the people buying the cake and the right, the religious rights of the person denying to make the cake. Also, that case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided in favor of the baker. It's no way comparable to what's happening now. There's nobody going to court on Twitter and Facebook and suing people or, you know, the courts aren't hearing the few cases that have been heard about lockdowns. They side with the plaintiffs. But these cases about taking parlor offline, 
taking the president off Twitter and Facebook, shutting down conservative. I've lost, uh, you know, over a thousand supporters on Twitter. Um, so those cases have not gone to court. They have not been adjudicated. The Baker case went through the process and was decided by the courts. The two are in no way comparable. And the tremendous long-lasting effect of silencing free speech will go on and on and on and destroy society. To my knowledge, that couple got married and had a wedding cake, and they're enjoying their life. So it's really a kind of very weak, um, in my terms, it's like I would call it a pathetic argument, to be perfectly honest with you. And social media is like a utility now. It's like the electric, your lights or your phones or the roads. I mean, are we going to start telling people only people with the right political views could drive on the public or could drive on the road? Or, you know, do only certain people get electric anymore or access to food or access to water? Is it the highest technology for everybody on the left, but it's back to fire and the wheel for people on the right? And during the Democrat um, primaries in 2020, 2019, 2020, whenever they started, they go on forever. But Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, but especially Warren, were very, very, very strongly making the point that social media needs to be broken up. Google and all these things need to be broken up. It's like the oil cartels that John Rockefeller had back in the day. And they were preaching how the, you know, they're this mass monopoly and they're controlling people's freedom of speech and they're it's dangerous to the First Amendment. And all of a sudden, you don't hear that anymore. I don't hear, see Elizabeth Warren out there fighting for her principles and saying that she's opposed to parlor being taken offline by by a, a coordination collusion which is the one place collusion really is a legal term when it applies to business apple google they all colluded to take parlor offline and i don't hear anybody on the left speaking up about it you know i'm going to keep speaking uh, i'm hoping that one day you won't come to find my show and it'll be gone will we be silenced i don't know you know, they seem to want to silence everybody. And to those of you on the left, let me say this. People who support Trump, people on the right, we're feeling it. People are afraid to speak out. We're afraid to speak out. People have fear. We're going to speak out anyway. But why should we have fear in the United States of America? You know, you could slice it however you want. But figuring out ways to silence the speech of others is un-American. You know, it seems the next logical step to me would to be to say that you have the right to freedom of religion, but that doesn't mean you're free from the repercussions of it. Because the left loves to talk about, you know, you have the right to free speech, but that doesn't mean you're free for reper free, free from repercussions. Well, I think they misunderstand what free speech actually means. The point of free speech is unless it's you're calling for imminent violence, like not some vague, oh, he incited violence by giving a speech. No, you're actually calling somebody to go commit a violent act right there with the means to carry it out with the weapon in your hand. And it's about to happen any second. You know, this is inciting violence. 
But the left just likes to say, oh, well, you know, you have free speech, but you're going to have to pay the consequences for what you say. So does that apply to uh, that? First of all, that's a, that's a, like in, in communist countries. That's like in Cuba. You have the right to say what you want to say, too, but they're going to come and arrest you for it. In Venezuela, in China, you know, in Hong Kong, they had the right to say what they want to say. The police massacred them and, you know, beat them senseless for saying it, but they had the right. That's not a meaningful right. A right that could be crushed at any moment is not a meaningful right. So what's the next step? Uh, are they going to tell us that you have freedom of religion, but that doesn't mean there won't be repercussions for it? Are those on the left going to figure out ways that you could say Christianity or Judaism incited violence? I mean, there's plenty of people who like to make this argument now. They say, oh, most of the wars in world history have been due to religion or, uh, you know, Christianity is homophobic and xenophobic and, you know, transphobic. So is religion going to be deemed as inciting violence against gay people? If a gay person is the subject of a crime, which they should not be, but if they are, God forbid, are we going to blame religion and now start banning religion sure you're practiced you're free to practice judaism or christianity but you're going to have to pay the price for it is what they seem to be saying you know whoever thought that the day would arrive in america when we would be trying to silence the voice of others if you're on the left as i said you'll have all the access to the technology all the modern technology but if you're on the right you're back to fire and the wheel Look, there's no technicality that makes that okay. And it's also completely hy hypocritical coming from the left. The left has been calling the right fascist, Nazi, racist, xenophobic, xenophobic homophobic, Islamophobic. They've been saying all these things for five years. And now they're turning around and they have the audacity to preach to us about hostile speech that incites violence. You know, Hitler put Jews into ghettos behind walls. He stripped them of their rights. Now, they were still part of society, but they just had no meaningful access to it. You know, saying you're still part of society, but relegating you to permanent second class citizenship is not having meaningful participation in your government and in your society. And let me say this. If you are on the side of silencing speech, you are by definition on the wrong side. You're trying to eliminate political debate. Uh, and the only reason somebody would do that is when they know their position is weak and they cannot defend it. So the only answer is to silence the other side. If you believe if your argument is strong, you don't need to silence the other person. Jefferson said the answer to bad speech is more speech. Bad speech will fall by its own weight. If people say the election was stolen or it was fraudulent and it's clearly fake, you don't have to worry about censoring it because in time, people just won't believe it anymore. But the only thing you really do need to censor is the truth. You don't want the truth to get out because that goes against your narrative. I mean, this is the hallmark of a totalitarian state where you have to force the people to submit to your point of view. 
And if you're on the left, I really ask you to think hard about what you're doing. Because remember, in every revolution that it really wasn't based on freedom, even some that were, the American Revolution was one of the ones that were successful where the founders of the revolution didn't turn around and start executing each other. In the French Revolution, they started calling to guillotine people. Robespierre was out there leading the way. And eventually, he was the last one to die in the guillotine. So to the people on the left, I would tell you this. Right now, the target is Trump supporters and the evil people on the right. But like all madness and like all mob mentality, once they feel they've got those people under control, then they're going to come after you or they're going to start dividing. Once they feel the right has been crushed, which I don't think they're going to do, but once they feel the right has been crushed, they're going to start going after the split's going to be the AOC wing versus the Chuck Schumer, the young radicals versus the old, you know, traditional, if there are any left, Democrats. So then the fight will start there. Then you'll have to pass the purity test. Are you pure enough? Are you left enough? Are you woke enough? Believe me, the purges will start within your own sphere of political influence and domain. It's just human nature. So don't think that you're having your way and don't delight in the silencing of your enemies because when you silence your enemies, you only silence yourself. As I said, Jefferson said the answer to bad speech was more speech. Let there be more speech. If somebody's putting in an out, out an idea that's ridiculous, the American people can see it and the American people won't vote for it and the American people won't support it. And the fact that you have 25,000 armed troops guarding Joe Biden's inauguration leads me to believe that a lot of people did not actually vote for this. 70, excuse me, 80% of Republicans and 30% of Democrats feel that the election was fraudulent. Are their voices now to be silent? Are we silenced? Are we going to silence every single person? Are you allowed to disagree anymore? People say Lee Harvey Oswald shot John F. Kennedy. Others say there was a conspiracy. Uh, is it illegal now to voice your conspiracy theory? Some people see that Osama bin Laden ordered the planes to be flown into the World Trade Center. Others say it was an inside job and the building was self-detonated. There are specials, there are shows about it on Amazon and you know on, on cable TV. They have shows about these things. Are we not allowed to have those anymore? Is there only one pre-approved point of view that now we must all accept? I certainly hope not, ladies and gentlemen. I certainly hope not, because this is only day 11 of fascist America. And in fascist America, you get silenced, you get censored, you need to uh, have be re-educated. Katie Couric, what was she on? One of those ridiculous talk shows in the daytime, I don't know, today or something like this. You know, she's talking about that there should be... Uh, you know, camps and re-education. We need to program, not camps, but you're saying that we we want to deprogram and deplatform Trump supporters. Is that your idea of America? Why you what are you trying to hide? The only thing you have to silence is the truth. Free falsehood falls of its own weight. So I am very worried about what's coming ahead in the days of America. Innocent citizens are being turned into criminals. 
simply for what they speak. You know, when Trump was running for president, people were going out, they were going to his rallies. First Amendment, the glory of America, expressing your political beliefs. Now, we didn't realize all along we were being teed up to be deemed that we were at a domestic terrorist event. You only need to do that when you know your side is wrong. Everything the left accuses the right of is what they actually did. The Russian investigation was a hoax. It was a phony. It was a fraud. Both impeachments, fake, phony frauds. On the, on the first impeachment, it was started by one anonymous whistleblower with third-person removed hearsay information. But yet, over 2,500 sworn affidavits in court and statistical evidence showing that the election, there was a lot of irregularities, right out, flat out fraud. One of the things that happened in the election was poll watchers were being intimidated and bullied. Republican poll workers were being kept at a distance. You can't see the signatures, you can't see the ballots. They were being pressured if they got out of their chair, if their mask slipped slightly, any kind of deviation. They, the left poll workers who called police on them, had them removed from the polling places and were cheering as they were removed. This is all on record. This election was a result of intimidation, a result of thuggery. Those are thug behaviors, pressuring people and intimidating people and bullying them in the polling places. But this is what's going on right now in America. So it's time for people who love freedom. I don't even divide this into Republicans and Democrats. It's really people who love freedom versus those who don't. Freedom means exactly that. We live in a free country. We are free to say what we want with barring few exceptions. But the exceptions, they seem to want to make more and more with every passing day. We have to stand up and we have to keep liberty and freedom alive. You know, we have to be the light. People who believe in the truth and people who believe in freedom have to be the light. And remember, shine the light wherever you go, people, because one tiny bit of light dispels the darkness. We're in this for the long haul. We're going to keep speaking out. We're going to take the fight to the people. And, you know, when you say fight, even that now is supposedly a controversial term. You know, I, my joke was that I heard cheerleaders are going to be arrested for using the word fight team in their song for inciting violence. Fight means to stand up for yourself. It can mean physical fighting, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about constantly speaking out, constantly getting the truth out. And in the end, the truth will prevail. But I hope that the damage the left inflicts in the meantime, can even be fixed one day. We're gonna keep moving forward. We're gonna keep the message alive. Trump supporters aren't going away and we are gonna make the left defend their ideas. Well, I'm Nicholas Tutora and I'll talk to you again on another episode of Tutora Time.